frontier. Larson. Oh, he's in. Hendrik Larson. That is sensational. Lambert. What a way to settle it. Nakamura. It's Tom Rogge. This is Celtic Daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at nauticfaultclaims.com. Welcome to Celtic Daft. Now, ordinarily, this is your patron-only bonus podcast. But as it's an international week and as there hasn't been a Celtic game, we thought we'd give this one away for free. If you want to hear it going forward, patreon.com forward slash football daft you can get it every week but welcome to y'all you're all welcome to Celtic daft and let's welcome a man who I would say is the Chris Commons of the Celtic podcast community it's Chris Toll why the hell would you say that <laughs> I called you Wayne Biggins last week so I thought I'd, I'd, I like I'd, 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 I'd get more I'd get more respect for Wayne Biggins than I have for Chris fucking Commons <laughs> Oh, now, Jesus now. Christ, come on. No, no, the guy's not got a fucking good word to say about Celtic. He, he's took the soup and he can fuck off. Right, yeah, okay then. Well, we're talking about top 10 lists today. We'll get into that, but I'm assuming Chris Commons isn't in yours then, Chris. Chris Commons hasn't made my top 100. Right, okay then. Uh, let's uh, welcome, we, we always welcome on Celtic Daft and uh, Rangers Daft for that, Matt. We always like to get one of you listeners on to be our guest pundit and you can do that as well if you sign up to the Patreon come on as a guest pundit be a star of the show and this week we're welcoming our guest pundit Liam Moan how you doing Liam? Yeah I'm good mate yourself? Not bad at all not bad at all thanks for coming on and um, like I say uh, there's no pressure on you usually this podcast goes out to the Patreons but right now it's going out to the wider world so thousands of people will probably be listening to this Liam so you better be fucking good. Well, when the <laughs> subscription jump up, I'll, I'll give you a shout for renegotiating this then, mate. All right, no worries, mate. Anyway, <laughs> checks in the post. We'd like to ask our guest pundits, uh, first of all, who's your favourite Celtic player of all time? Uh, no, no, of all time. Oh, no, 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 actually, actually we won't do that today because we're going to get top ten list. We'll get into that in a minute. What's your favourite Celtic, mo- Celtic moment? Um, oh, there's so many. Uh, recently, probably, um, first treble under Rodgers. Um, Nakamura free kick at Parkhead against Man United. Um, he put his through. Um, loads of moments. Um, Rangers 5-1, 5-1, Just There's plenty been recently. What well, good moments. I've not had some of those before. Well, basically, this week's show is going to be a, bit, a little bit different. We'll explain that in just a minute. Um, but let's just go through some of the talking points uh, from Celtic from over the last week or so for the international break has been on. Finally, it's happened, Chris. Shane Duffy it's has happened. got the hoops on. He has, he has, and he marked his signing for Celtic by banging in a last-minute equaliser for the Republic, but also putting in a couple of shaky performances. So <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck to think of him. To be honest with you, but he's making all the right sounds, John. Do, so, do, you, think you'll, do yeah. you think you'll start the weekend? I think, uh, depending on. If the rest of the defence is still there, to be honest, I'd, you never know. You never know. I hope so. I'd like to see him tumble. Maybe a jetty get a start. 
they both done well for well, Ajeti, Klamala. They they both done well for their countries at the weekend as well. So yeah. and obviously El Yunusi scored that. Did you see his goal? Oh yeah, it was a cracker. What a finish that is, and I know I give them pillars, but that was outstanding. If you can bring that to the hoops, then fucking hurry up and bring it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it seems you've got through the international break, Liam. It seems you've managed to get through pretty much unscathed in terms of injuries. Um, would you go with what Chris is saying and put Turnbull into the side, the Jetty into the side, Duffy into the side come uh, Sunday? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure they'll put Tumbo in. Um, I think it'll give Tumbo a wee bit more time to get used to surroundings and stuff like that. Um, I, I can't really see him dropping McGregor or dropping Brown. And I think if you're going to drop any of them for Tumbo, it would be Brown out of the, out of the two of them. And I can't really see Tumbo playing the 10. Um, I think you'll see a Jetty and Edward. I think you'll definitely see a 3-5-2. Um, whether that's with Duffy straight away or not, I'm not sure because he's got to get... He's going to get a bit of match fitness back into him. Um, obviously, the Island Games were practically his first first um, real proper training of any description because he'd only just started pre-season the week before when we all thought he was up here to sign and it turns out he was uh, um, at pre-season training. So I, I don't think you'll see uh, Duffy for the start, but I think you'll see the 3-5-2 definitely with uh, Ajayi and Edward up top. Yeah, I think that's our thoughts. Celtic support's been crying out for that, actually. So it'll be interesting to see if he takes that on, especially away from home. Um, looking at a couple other bits and bobs for Celtic news, finally looks like we've been talking about football daft for it appears months now about Aaron Hickey going to a club. It was Bayern Munich, it was Celtic at one point, and now looks like he's signed for Bologna, and it means 540000 in the pocket for Celtic, which is not bad business. Nice for it. Well, I don't know how much they put into uh, what the youth development or how much it costs for for them to uh, bring a player through. But it's no cost half a million quid to bring no. Aaron Hickey through before he went to Hearts. No way. So that's a tiny wee bit of profit for basically fuck all. Yeah, Celtic seem to be quite good at doing that at the moment, Liam. They seem to just be getting money from for nothing. It's, it feels like that anyway. For all that people go through Lawwell for, for certain things that he's he's maybe done in the past, um he knows um he knows how to structure a transfer. The Van Dyke one, uh the Wanyama one, Dembele as well, if that happens in the future. And I'm sure when the time comes, when it's Edward, uh, there'll be something similar um injected in there. Seems very interesting. Uh, you mentioned Edouard there. Um, Villa, again, sniffing about him. Uh, the price tag getting touted. I mean, they've just spent, I think, £28 million on a striker. Uh, and they're still sniffing about Edward. £30 million is the price tag getting floated at the moment. Uh, you would t- would you, £30 million. £30? I thought you said 13 <laughs> no. I was going to say, what game do they want him on loan for? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, do you deal at £30 million? You need to you need to look at the big picture, man. I don't want him to leave. I he's a tremendous player. Mm-hmm. But I think Celtic have got form for it, haven't they? Like, as soon as Celtic get a sniff of twenty million for a player, then you know, they're definitely talking. So if Villa come in with thirty million, I think Peter Lowell will be fucking carrying him down to Birmingham on his back. <laughs> um Liam, I mean, as a Celtic supporter going for ten in a row. Can you afford to lose Edward at this point in the season and, and in this particular season? If Edward went and God forbid we didn't get the 10, then it would just it'd be forever held up as a reason as to 
as to why that happened. I actually think that Ayer's probably the one that's more likely to leave. Um, I think if they get a, an offer for Ayer or an offer from Cham, then they'll they'll keep Edward regardless if one of the two go. I think um, the signing of Duffy kind of points to me that I think Ayer's the next one out the door. Um, and to be honest, I've, I've listened to uh, Toll talk about it or not. I, I think he is a weak link in the Celtic defence's Ayer. Um, Julian definitely looks stronger when there's a different type of defender beside him. Even when you put Beaton beside him, um, Julian looks a different player. Um, even going back to the old firm game last year, Julian and Beaton at centre-half, the two of them look solid. Um, El Hamid in there as well. So I definitely think that Ayer's going to be the one that ends up getting sacrificed here when Duffy is up to match fitness. Um, and they might know there's obviously still rumours of other centre-backs and um, the boy for Saturday there and that. So they're obviously keen to get another one in. I, I just think everything's pointing towards Ayer being the one to go. I think you're right there, mate, to be honest with you. And uh, I think, see if we get £20 million for Ayer, I think that's fucking highway robbery that Celtic have got away with. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I definitely do. I mean, I'm, I, I've been getting a wee bit of stick for being two pro Rangers, right? But I think... Both of the Rangers centre halves are miles ahead of the air. So I do. I think Goldson and I think Katic when he's fit, they're both miles ahead of Ayer. And if we get 20 million for Ayer, then what I say is fucking dandy highwaymen. You know what I mean? Patches over the eyes and all that shit, taking money off folk when they're not looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely agree with that. I just think um, Ayer sometimes gets the a bit of the nosebleed, thinks he's more of a centre midfielder and tries to step forward too often, leaves too many gaps in behind and um, I think we'd look a lot more solid um, without him at, at centre-half or if he is there, he has to be part of a three, I think, moving forward. Well, I think you're right there as well, but what you need to remember is I have started off his career as a striker. Aye, uh, uh, exactly. And then he moved back to midfield and then he moved back to defensive midfield and then he's moved back to defence. So his fucking instincts probably kick in and he decides yeah. I'm going to go and score a goal here and that's you see him mean, he runs half out the park and he is alright you know that's not when he gets caught out when he gets caught out is when he's having to fucking defend that's yeah. the problem you know what I mean but, that's a big problem uh, with you defender really isn't it <laughs> <laughs> uh, with El Hamid in Europe when he let the ball bounce that's, a, that's the number one I remember getting told in high school when I started uh, when we were just doing football at PE the, the coach was like, you never let a ball bounce. Just go and attack it and get it to fuck if it's coming at your defence. You know what I mean? I, I learned that at fucking 12-year-old. That's something that Ayer's good at, but we would we would miss him for that. You know what I mean? It's, I can't, I don't know. Fucking, take, yeah. take the money. Take the money, <laughs> take, take, the money take the money. Right, so normally at this point in, in Celtic Daft, we would discuss the match that has been. But uh, as there was an international break, uh, we've not got a match to discuss, so we thought we should do something a little bit different and something to give you a little bit of taste for Celtic Daft. Um, we're going to basically count down your favourite top 10 players in your lifetime, boys, okay? Um, okay. We're, going to do it, we're basically just stealing it from match of the day, you know, when they were doing the list during the course season. So we're going to go 10 to 5 and then 5, five to 1 um, and, get, and basically get your list. So, Chris, let's start off with you and let's go 10 down to 6 on your Celtic list. Hey, do, you want, do you want descriptions and why they're my favourites or do you just want me to rattle them off? Let's rattle them off just then and we'll come back, right. come okay. back to that. Number 10, Andreas Tom. Yep. Number 9, Didier Agat. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's that grey though. He's getting your fucking heat. I know. Um, number eight, Kieran Tierney. Yeah. Number seven, Johan Mialbe. Mm-hmm. Number six, Bobo Baldi. Bobo Baldi. Interesting. Liam, just going to quickly ask you, any of those players appear in your top ten? Uh, uh, did it? One of them has signed. Right, <laughs> right. Interesting. This is going to be two very conflicted top tens. That's what we like. So, Chris, talk us through. I mean, some interesting names in there. Andy Tom, certainly at number 10, sticks out for me. And, and well, Albie and, uh, as well, I think. Um, I'll tell you, I'll remember, this isn't the best players that have played for Celtic. This is my favourites. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Andreas Tom, the reason why, and I know Gredo and Stephen always rip the piss at me because I talk about when I used to go to the hospitality all the time, right? But <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was there, I was sitting, no, listen to this story, this is honest to God, this is God's honest truth, and this is why I love Tommy Bum so much, right? So we're sitting, I'm sitting in the foyer waiting to go home, right? And um, Tommy Burns comes out. And he's like, how you doing? I no bother. She's are we signing MD Tommy? This was before the transfer windows and all that. She says, are we signing MD Tommy? He says, next week we're bringing in a striker for Germany. And I went, all right. So I went to school. And I was like, ah, by the way, we're signing a player for Germany next week. And all the boys, all the boys in the school were like, ah, who told you that? I was like, Tommy Burns. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're like, ah, ripping the piss out of me. Ah, who else is saying? Oh, get pure slated for it. Swear to God, near enough. A week to the day, Andy Tom signs, and I fucking went in with the newspaper. And I was like, I see, I tell you, I tell you. <laughs> and then see, after that, I was the oracle. I was the oracle. They all wanted to know who we were signing and all that. But it was obviously I only get told that one. But uh, ever since then, I get Tom on the back of my, jet, my Celtic jersey, <laughs> and I fucking loved him because he made me an absolute legend in school. <laughs> I mean, he was. What were your memories of Andy Tom, William? Were you, were you old enough to remember him? Yeah, Andy Tom was probably just at the start of when I um, get my earliest memories of um, Celtic and going to the football and whatever else. Um, the only thing I can really uh, remember about him was his goal against Rangers at Ibrox for about what seemed like 40-odd yards out. He just absolutely rifled it. Um, but I, he's not, he's not the one that's made uh, into my top ten. But yeah, what a great player! If we could have held on to him a bit longer as well, because he just left at the time when like, Larson and that started to come. Yeah, I think. Sure. Could you imagine him in behind Larson? Well, there's a there's a few the few similar things in like my like story wise um, in terms of players around Tom's either for me um, in my top ten. So. But I know a great player, but no, he's not made the cut for me, unfortunately. Right, okay. I mean, he was he was a decent servant for Celtic, you know, just pulling up his stats there, 70 appearances, 14 goals for the club. German International as well, you know, it, you know, he was, he came at that time, that Tommy Burns time, when he had the likes of Cadetti, and, and, and he was, I remember, he was a really good player. Right, so that's Andy Tom at number 10. Did he get Chris? Right. Came from Celtic from him. I mean, it was a really strange one. I remember seeing a gap when he was at Wraith Rovers and he was playing up front and then he, he went to Hibs, did it like for a few games and again, it was out with the transfer window and Celtic snapped him up because uh, I think he was only on like a trial basis for, for Hibs for a couple uh, of months. It was, it was a three-month three contract. It was, it was. And then Celtic snapped this guy who was a striker and put him, Martin O'Neill sticks him at right wing back. 
Mate, fucking masterstroke, man. Yeah. Honestly, for years he was the best defender at Celtic. I know that like people people slated him because his final ball was pretty poor, right? But this guy was as fast as fuck. I can't, <laughs> John. I cannot fucking. I can't over. I can't over exaggerate this. Uh, my my story about Didier Agar, right? I loved him as a player. I thought he was excellent. He was a, a major pillar of the Seville team and stuff, right? But see, when um, he made his debut for Celtic, right, it was against St Mirren, and he knocked the ball a good 40 yards, and the St Mirren player had 20 yards of a start on him, right? And he went by this guy as if the guy was standing still, and there was an audible gasp in Parkhead. It wasn't like, yes, it wasn't a cheer, it was... Oh, but that and football, <laughs> like, fucking hell, we've got a flyer on our hands here. Aye. Now, we, Valencia made a £15 million offer for him, right, when he was at Celtic. And Martin O'Neill basically tell the management team, if you sell him, I'm fucking off and all. So it was, the, Didier Agat doesn't get the credit that he deserves as a Celtic player, basically. And I, I thought it was fucking outstanding. I, I don't recall that, you, Valencia. I've just pulled that up. So Juventus were in for him as well um, during that period. And I, I've just I know, read... because they absolutely tanked him in the Champions Bertie Volks apparently expressed interest in selecting him for Scotland as well. That is that's, that's incredible. Um, you know, he was uh, he didn't really once Matt O'Neill kind of moved on and Strachan came in, he didn't really get a, a look in. O'Neill took him down to Villa, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. O'Neill took him down to Villa, but it was see, it was never really the same after Andy Webster done him. Uh, Andy Webster gave him a bad injury at Tynecastle. It was re- it, it was fucking borderline assault, John. Honestly, God, you were seen this challenge, too, and yeah. it was he done his he done all his tendons and his ligaments and his knee, and he was never the same after that. So it yeah. was a shame that for his the way his career kind of frittered out at Celtic. So that's a guy. I'm guessing he wasn't in your top ten, Liam. But I'm guessing the next player is probably in your top ten, Liam. Kieran Tierney. Yeah, he definitely is in my top 10, I 100%. Um, the guy that would bleed Celtic and uh, just been everything for the last, well, up until obviously last year, but everything over the last couple of years just showed exactly what it's, what it's about being a Celtic player and what it's like to live that dream as a, a boy on the on the terraces and the relationship we had with the fans and everything else. Um, I think it's a shame as well the way it turned at the end. Um, obviously, it's been well documented the last couple of weeks. Um, how he's been made to feel, but um, for anybody to to question that boy for what he done for Celtic and um, finding out obviously how he played through um, unbelievable pain and uh, everything else that he done for us, I he's just Mr. Yeah. Celtic for me. Celtic, I'm assuming you're you're with Liam. You were one of these people who decried Tierney when he went, Chris. Weren't what you? I mean, these, these people are doing that. Ah, they must what? be assholes. How can you decry someone that's the done? Only, what he's the done? only thing is, I think a lot of Celtic fans. Wanted them there for ten in a row. Yeah. Because let's be honest, if Scott Brown winds down, there's only one person that was taking the armband off in winter. And for yeah. a young a young boy that's been with Celtic for his eight, all the way right through up until now, managing to become the captain of the club during the most successful period of all time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's it's fairy tale stuff. And I think a lot of people like put themselves in that position and their nose get put out of joint because they thought 
well, if that was me, I wouldn't be leaving. But what you need to realise is, right, he's on £80,000 a week now, right, or whatever, £75,000, £80,000 a week or whatever. This is going to set his family up for fucking generations, yeah. right? So, what? there comes a point where football goes out the window. We all love Celtic, right? We all love Celtic, but for us, really, I, I love my job, but see if somebody come over to me and we'll see if... <laughs> See if open goal come over to me, John. <laughs> well, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll fucking quadruple your wage. I'd be like, right, John, Gredo, Stephen, it's been nice. I love these, but I've got to go. You know what I mean? So in my mind, I'm, I'm looking at it as for a personal family man point of view. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's the, first, it's the first, I would player that's really went, it's not had that middle jump for... Say Van Dykes went Southampton to Liverpool, when Yama went Southampton to Spurs. It's the first player that's really come from Scotland that's went into one of the big sides straight off. And, you know, that's just due to his incredible ability as a defender, you know, both at left back and as part of that three. So I am I'm not surprised he appears in both your top tens. And um, let's move on to number seven on your list, Chris. Big handsome Johan Nialbi. Big Dolph. Big Ivan Drago. That's why he's my favourite. Is that why? <laughs> uh, do you know what? I remember watching him against England long before he signed for Celtic. He scored for Sweden. Yeah. And they, they, beat, they beat England 1 0. And he was playing in midfield that night and he bossed it. And I, see, when we signed him, I was like, you fucking dancer. But the guy with a ran through brick walls for the jersey. Yeah. You know, and I don't I don't think any much anymore really needs to be said about him. Just a brilliant big defender, man. Yeah, obviously went on to the coaching side of things as well. Um, where is he now? I'm just looking now, actually. He's uh, now head coach at Swedish Division 1 team, Vasteris SK. There he is, big Johan. Um, no, uh, tremendous player. Uh, any memories of him, Liam? Um, I f- you forget how long he was actually at Celtic for. Like, he was there for like, years. Onwards. Most of my memories... Aye, exactly. Most of my memories... Yeah, will be a, a part of the Martin O'Neill teams then where I remember them most. But um I know a great servant um and I absolutely solid him. The partnership he had with Balde and Valhan was unbelievable okay. sometimes. So and just as just like Tol said there, he he would run through was for you, uh, put his body in the line, um, last ditch defending, whatever was required. I I would like to see him back at Celtic in future as a manager. I think he's the right type of Right type of guy in the future. If he cuts his teeth well, I would definitely love somebody like that. Knows the club inside it. Obviously, was there with Lennon as well for a while. Um, so he knows all the inner workings to Celtic as well. I'd love to have him back in the future. Yeah. Um, and finally, number six, big bad Bobo Baldi. <laughs> what can you say about Bobo Baldi? You know what I mean? It was it was an experience watching Bobo Baldi playing football. <laughs> right. And see, like my my season tickets at Parkhead was area one one four, so I was behind the goals, and I just used to love it. You could see the the strikers' faces. See when he was coming at them, you could see their faces changing. For I'm going to score a goal, eh, I'm going to run away down the tunnel. You know what I mean? The guy was an absolute fucking wrecking ball, and I just I just loved him. It was brilliant, and obviously the song Bobo's going to get you. You know what I mean? Aye, <laughs> Sixty thousand people singing that at fucking who was it that was up front for Rangers? I can't remember at the time, but she singing that to Rangers players, man, it was fucking great fun. Yeah, I mean, my mate came up against Bobo. He played for an hour at the time and uh, came up against uh, Bobo in the cup. He said, 
what he said it was actually, I mean, the hardest guys ever ever played against. Didn't get a look in, didn't get a sniff that match. Uh, he was burning, he had pace to burn, but he says he just couldn't get past Popo, no matter how much pace he, he had. Wasn't slow either, by no. the way. He looked as if he, he looked as if he was a big lumbering guy, but he was a fucking athlete, I'll tell you. He was fast. Sad, sad the way, obviously, the career came to an end under, under striking. You know, he had such good times um, under O'Neill. You know, played kind of, you know, you forget he was there at Celtic for nine seasons. Right. Played six seasons and then just parked his arse in the reserves and picked up the paycheck. And then get rid of him the season before he gets his testimonial. <laughs> I know. Poor laddie. Poor laddie. But again, looking at his career beyond that, you know, he, he, he didn't do anything really after Celtic, but. What a player he was, a um, massive player for that O'Neill side. Um, right, so that's your uh, 10 to 6. Let's move on to yours, Liam. What's your 10 to 6? Right, it, um, this is a very different 10 to 6 here. This is more a maverick thing, I feel, here, rather right. than uh, cut through the um, like Celtic through and through or anything. But um, number 10 for me was Van Hoydonk. Uh, nine is Boric. Uh, eight, Chris Sutton, seven, Moussa Dembele, and six, Kieran Tierney. Chris, do any of those appear in your top five? Um, no. No? Wow, here we go. So no Van Hoydonk in for Chris's top five. Um, let's start off at Van Hoydonk. What were you, I mean, you're a bit younger. What were your memories of Van Hoydonk, Liam? In my very first game, I can remember that. I tell this story to everybody. Um, was that... Uh, 1996, September 96, um, we beat Dunfermline 5-1 at Parkhead. It was the first game um, I'd ever been in. My dad kidded on, he was taking us to the cinema, um, and then we ended up at Parkhead. And it was in the temporary stand at the time, and at the very top corner there. Um, and I was wearing, I don't know why my dad did this to us, but I was wearing a bright orange jacket, right? So Van Hoydonk scored, and he pointed up in the crowd and to this day he was pointing at me after he scored that goal. So <laughs> just just for then on in, like just for then on in, that was it. Um I just loved the guy. Um and that front three we had that season as well, where him, uh Decanio Cadet, like that was just unbelievable thinking back on that, the the mm-hmm. talent that was there and how we didn't end up winning the league that season. Um but the goals he scored, um, even after he left, he, he went on had a, a good career as well. At, yeah. uh, Nottingham Forest and Firenode and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I what, so, uh, what a brilliant player, man. Yeah, Chris, I mean, you obviously have a bit more memories of, of Pierre. Um, how, how was he for you? I'm, I'm surprised he's not made your top 10, Chris. You know that Pierre was, it was between Pierre and Andreas Tom for, right. for number 10. <laughs> So um, that was a strike force, Pierre and Tom. Pat, remember Pat? No? <laughs> Pierre and Tom. No? <laughs> I'm, I'm only joking. I made, I made that up. It was like the SCS. <laughs> 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 uh, our, our Pierre scored the goal. Uh, let me witness my first cup victory for Celtic. Yeah. Uh, Scottish Cup final. And uh, I was just uh, just the same, man. Just that season where... We were trying to stop Rangers for doing nine in a row. And Celtic were fucking outstanding that year, man. Honestly. It, just the, the front three were tremendous. In fact, no, that was... Aye, that was the year that we were trying to stop eight in a row, in fact, I think. And we missed it by a point. We only lost one game that season. Rangers lost more games than us. 
and that's my favourite season as a Celtic fan. That yeah. PL's full season. It had, well, you had John Collins and that delivering the balls and the Canio fucking. But no, in fact, no, because the Canio and the Canio and Collins did play together, didn't they? Yeah, aye. Aye, aye. That was a, that was a great season. That's the one where they brought out the video on target. Which is my favourite Celtic video, man. It's fucking. It's like watching Barcelona the now. The way Tommy Burns had that team playing, honestly. Oh no, it uh, was a great. I mean, obviously as a Falkirk supporter, the '97 Cup semi-final stands high in my memories as a Falkirk supporter. Coming, but I'd have just remember that. That I mean, I think Van Hooydonk had gone by that point, so you had the Canio Cadetti, Tom uh, come against him. What a side they were! You know, obviously Falkirk flipped it that night, but was delighted with that. Anyway, let's move on. This is a strange one. Number nine. Talk us through this. Bodic. Just because he was an absolute madman. Um, <laughs> like, honest to God, like, he was... You, you didn't know sometimes what you were going to get, but when he was on it, he was one of the best goalkeepers in Europe. No doubt about that at the time. Um, we've been blessed with some good goalkeepers over the years, but I don't think anybody recently would touch touch Bodic. Um just around that sort of Euro 2008 time when he's been touted to Bayern Munich and the like, he was unbelievable. Um, the the best performance I can remember from him is the um, the Man United at Parkhead game. He saved that Saha penalty in the last couple of minutes. Um, you just knew that he that he was going to do that. He had a bit of the Bruce Grobelars about him when whenever he was st- uh, facing a penalty. Did the same thing Spartak Moscow as well. Won that penalty shootout. Just got right in the heat. Uh, um, the strikers that are coming up against him um, and he just winds up Rangers fans unbelievably I know so um, I love him for that as well but he was an absolute madman but on his day outstanding goalkeeper Chris, does he make, I'm surprised he, he, he doesn't make your top 10 either then no as, do you know what I'm, I've not got any goalies in it but <laughs> if, I, if I had to choose a goalie definitely Boric I think um, yeah. like, like I was saying to you before John I kind of got the feeling that Barkas was kind of in the same mould as him. I think I've been proven proven sorely wrong on that fucking claim. Give him time. I bet Boric came out the traps fucking running, mate. He was getting at the Pope t shirt and all that, mind. (laughs) Fucking mad bastard. Anyway, he didn't have much to compete against because we just got absolutely scalped after. Um, Bratislava in the Champions League and that. Um, And David Marshall was kind of on the way back down after that peak. So. He just took, exactly as you say there, he took it and ran at that point and he was absolutely solid that year. Do you, do you remember his debut? He came off the bench in a friendly against Leicester. Aye, and, I do, and, and saved the penalty with his first fucking touch. Yeah, saved aye. the penalty with his first touch as a Celtic goalie. That's true. I always remember, always remember Hugh Keevan saying the best um, goalkeeper at Parkhead is the one that's currently warming the bench after that night. Because um, I think he persisted with Marshall for one or two more games and then after mm-hmm. that, you just couldn't hold him back anymore. It was, and it was strange because we chased him for a long time, remember? Aye, aye. And then we brought him in and he wasn't even first choice to begin with. Aye. But mm-hmm. aye, he's, he's the sort of person that you love to have in your team. I've spoken about this before as well, but see if he's on the opposing side, man, you're like, ah, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally not mention Obviously, he had a great career after Celtic as well. Fiorentina, Southampton, you know, still, I mean, still playing straight to this day, believe it or not, but he's at Leisure Warsaw now. However, uh, 40 fucking, years old. He, he's, he conceded a goal to a goalie. <laughs> uh, a couple of seasons back for uh, it was either Bournemouth or Southampton he was at and uh, the goalie fucking got a pass back and he booted it 
just been right yeah. over Brighton and okay. So uh, no matter how many penalties he saved, that one's going to be a blot on his fucking record, isn't it? Yeah. That just up his madness for me. Like that's just yeah. that's just boring. <laughs> right. So Chris Sutton, number eight, goes obviously. You know, one of Martin O'Neill's big big forwards that he brought in. Memories of him, Liam. Again, like um, he just started a, he just came and started a golden era alongside Larson at that point. Um, another deadly strike force between him, uh, Larson and Hartson at that point um, was devastating in Europe. Some games unplayable, particularly like Juventus at uh, Parkhead was unbelievable. Um, he just he got after the the best start possible. Um, Six two at Parkhead, he he scored. Um, very early on, just settled the nerves. You forget as well, like he he moved about that team as well when needed. He played at centre half sometimes. He played in midfield when required. Um, mm-hmm. he, he he was just unbelievable for Celtic. Brilliant player, and what a partnership he struck up. And a total wind-up merchant as well. Nowadays, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Sutton as opposed to Hartson. Uh, would you have had Sutton or Hartson, Chris? I fucking forgot about the two of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if I, had, if I had to choose between the two, um, I don't... I, do you know what? That's a question that I've been asked before, and I can't separate the two. Yeah. I, I love the two of them equally, but... If you're if you're wanting goals, you're going for Hartson, aren't you? But yeah. if you're wanting if you're wanting somebody that's going to do more for the team, then you're going for Sutton, I think. I know it was quite surprising now actually how Martin O'Neill managed to keep both of them happy as well because it was either it seemed to be it was one or up with Larson, you know, and you know it, it seemed to it work well for for with both of them being there. Okay, number seven then, I guess. Well, a similar sort of player, Sutton in ways, uh, Musa Dembele. Um, who's now? Oh, where you go? I know <laughs> He's a big lad. He's a big lad. He's got eye for goal. Um, obviously, just recent a recent pick. Um, I guess just just for the goals, is it Liam? I, I, I again, I just um, I think he kind of got it um, as well. Um, just understands the supporters. He's got a good relationship now that after the Rogers thing came out, he kind of. Uh, saved himself a wee bit there, but I just for goals um, in big games. I know you've, uh, Champions League games as well. That Man City at home, um, he showed how good he can be in Europe. Um, all, all the Rangers games as well that he scored for fun in. Basically, um, he just for it off was fantastic. You could rely on him. I just wish we held on to him for a wee bit longer. Um, I think if he'd have stayed on that se- the the season that he left. Um, it would be interesting to have seen him and Edward together. I think that would have been one of the, the best partnerships we'd have seen in Scotland for a long time. So, um, I, I think he was just brilliant. And he's shown now, obviously, um, the quality that he had. Um, he was well well beyond um, playing in Scotland. He should be at a higher level, but he was fantastic while he was here. And it was just great to have him. Yeah, well, it looks like he could be on to a bigger move. You know, he's getting touted with all the major clubs in... Barcelona is the latest one, eh? Barcelona, absolutely. You know, yeah, it's looking like Leipzig, possibly. Really, really, that's mm. interesting. Like I said, don't care. Whoever gives them the money, I just hope they give them as much money as possible. Cause <laughs> <they're big red. laughs> that's another one of those ones. Right, so we've talked about Tierney already. He's your number six. Um, Chris, let's go through 
I, I, I'm pretty sure you are both going to have very similar top fives here. But Chris, let's go through yours. I know we all know who number one is going to be. We all know who's number one is going to be. So well, let's go through your five to one then, Chris. Right, number five, Paul McStay. Yeah. Number four, Henrik Larson. Oh, really? Yep. Jesus Christ. Right, okay, controversial. Carry on. Number three, John Collins. Uh-huh. Number two, Lubo Moravchik. Uh-huh. And I know who's number one, one is then. Scott Sinclair. No, Nakamura. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, that is that's surprising. Um, any of those players featuring your top five, Liam? I think there's a one or two that might be in there, eh? Right, okay then. Um, Chris, we're going mm-hmm. to start. Why is Larson number four? Because I'm shocked. I'm a Falkers supporter. What? Remember, how many times have I told you that Henry Larson's not my favourite Celtic player? How many times do I need to tell you that? <laughs> I know, but how can you... Right, okay, just justify Larson at number four, sorry. Right, no, I'm going to talk about Paul McStay first. Right, you talk about Paul McStay first and then we'll talk about why Larson's at number four, right? Paul McStay should have had medals hanging off every fucking bit of him. He only ever managed to lift one trophy as Celtic captain, which is an absolute fucking travesty. Right? See, Paul McStay nearly went to Juventus. Right? Now, when was that heard for a Scottish player at that time? And Celtic were going to get two million for him, right? And he, he shot it and says, I want to stay instead of Celtic. He played his full career at Celtic. There's nobody going to tell me that when he was on at the top of his game that there was any midfielders in Britain better than Paul McStay, never mind in Scotland. Right? And I've spoken about this before as well, but he's Rio Ferdinand's favourite ever footballer. Now, see when Big Rio... Rio knows what he's talking about, John. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying, my man, Rio knows what he's talking about. He's been there and he's done it all. And Paul McStay, the reason he's not at number one is because the other ones that are above him. I yeah. just, I just get that wee bit in my heart more from. Yeah, six hundred and seventy-eight appearances for sale. That's inc- that that is incredible. You know, amount of appearances for the club. Seventy-two goals. Obviously, Scotland as well. Seventy-six caps for Scotland. You know, and by the way, and retired way too early as well. So he would, he would have been. See if he hadn't have got that bad ankle injury when he got it. He, he would have went on and played another two hundred games for Celtic. No doubt about it. Yeah, incredible, incredible career for Celtic. Um, yeah. So let's get to Larson number four. Henrik Larson. The only reason why Henrik Larson's no number one is because when I met him, he was an asshole to me. <laughs> so, there we go. Nah, the King nah, of Kings was an asshole to, to we Yeah, he was cheeky. No, he wasn't cheeky. He was, he was, the, the Perrys were drunk, and I'm, I'm a fucking. I'm, I'm a nightmare about drinking me. But I met Henry Larson, and Henry Larson was my hero. And I couldn't have been nicer to the guy. But I said, Oh, Henry, how are you doing? Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. He fucking basically threw the eyes off me. <laughs> oh, all right, no bother, you dick. And then ever since then, I've had that wee bit in the back of my head. Like, he's a dick. Was this, but, pri- was this prior to Tom Spraggins, though, Chris? It might have been a very different situation if he had met Tom Spraggins. It was at Tom Boy's testimonial dinner, but I didn't want to say that because fucking folk will jump all over the top of me again. <laughs> <laughs> I was at Tom Boy's testimonial dinner, and 
I was actually in all the players' company and they were all fucking nice as pie and Henry Wilson was heavy rude to me. So I come away from that night a wee bit disconsolate. People say never meet your heroes. And I, it, was, it was a kind of kind of bit that way, to be honest with you. But as a Celtic player, there's no questioning what he'd done for the club. Yeah. He was... Henry Larson, I'm going to catch some grief for this one, right? But Henry Larson was the last world-class player to have played in Scottish football. And I, I, is that debatable? Can, can we say I, that? I don't think that is debatable. I'm trying to think, who, you know, I can't think of anyone since Larson left. That's be, that's been world class. That, that's played in Scotland. No, you could argue Gascoigne. You could certainly argue, but that Larson came after Gaza. Um, um, oh, oh yeah, wait, John. Sorry, that. Uh, Liam, sorry, what were you saying there? Uh, no, I, I I think you're 100 percent right. We um we Larson in terms of like world class status and that um. I think you'll see in future Kieran Tierney will be the only other world-class player since then because um, I think he'll make his mark down there and, and become uh, that. Could you Andy Robertson? Could you argue Andy Robertson? You could argue Andy Robertson as well. I, I think the, the point I'm making, sorry for interrupting these lads, was he was world-class while he was playing. Yeah, 100%. Right. Uh, yeah, no, you're, you're yeah, right. Yeah, 100%. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I'll be interested to see where he sits on your list uh, in a minute, Liam. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be at number four somehow. Uh, John Collins, Chris. Uh, J.C. was my first real favourite player for Celtic. So he was, um, I just, I, I was saying, I don't know what it was, man. It was something about left-footed players when I was a wee guy. I just, I always thought they were more elegant or more They look like better, technical. don't they? A goal looks better with a left foot than it does with a right foot. I don't know what it is, man. I know, I don't know. <laughs> I, you're, you're right, though, you're right. All the, all the... He, and he had the predator boots, remember he had the predator boots? That's right. I always remember he, there was a big thing, he scored that free kick against Rangers, didn't he? And that was when predators were just in and like you, they were all analysing the curve on the ball that he bent. That's right. He was the first person to really show what they boots could do because that ball fucking defied gravity for that oh, goal right. against Rangers. But uh, John Cott, he, he was a constant. See, even when Celtic were shite, he was tremendous. Yeah. Always. And he just, well, I see, he, was, he just looked a cut above everybody in that Celtic team and that's why he got the move that he got you know what I mean he up and off to Monaco and fucking living it up over there and obviously John Hughes tells us a few stories isn't he uh-huh. so <laughs> uh, aye, um, aye, John Collins man what a fucking footballer and I'll, I'll know I'll know if anything bad said against him yeah <laughs> I mean he, he seems like a bit of a fanny these days <laughs> but um, no he, he, I mean on that pitch like he was he was Pretty classy as a, a midfield. You, even as an opposition supporter, you had to admire. The, you know, he was a bo- a, a good old fashioned box to box midfielder. You know, tracking back, getting forward. You know, it, um, really, really good. Um, How many goals he scored for us, but man, fucking hell! Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lubo, number two. Surprised he's not made your number one since Larson wasn't. Yeah, isn't that number four? But Lubo, number two. I Lubo. Wait. Is Lubo the last world class player to play for Scotland? <laughs> 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 I don't know, man, but uh, Lubo was just an absolute breath of fresh air when he came to Parkhead. We we hadn't seen a player like that for a long fucking time, man. And remember when he when he trapped the ball with his arse? 
Remember William, that was You've just stole my you've stole the main point for me as to why he's in my top ten. And <laughs> <laughs> that I'll he should walk into any top ten, no bother. I'll tell you a story. My wee cousin Sean, right? With my dad took no well, so my wee cousin took over his season book for for a year. And uh, we were at the game and it was Motherwell at home and it was the last minute. Right? And Lubos stepping up. Remember the Andy Gorham game? When Andy Gorham was doing it. Right, well, anyway, um, Lubo steps up. My wee cousin's like, don't let him hit it, don't let him hit it, don't let him hit it. Bang, top button. And I just grabbed him and I was like, don't let him fucking hit it. Lubo, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she again, she went at home in the Champions League. I've never yeah. seen a performance like it, man. Yeah, it amazes me. I mean, right, let's be honest here, Chris. When you first heard that you were signing this boy, what was your reaction? I mean, doctor, it was Dr. Joe, wasn't it, that brought him into the club. What was your reaction when you heard you were, you were signing the Slovakian guy? 34 year old Slovakian or something, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was, I found out, believe it or not, on Teletext. Remember Teletext? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 303, was it 302, I think? Was that 302, aye. Uh, aye, uh, 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 six, 601 on CFAX, wasn't it? Aye, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes! Uh, but anyway, it was uh, what you said there, I just thought to myself, oh, for fuck's sake. And then he made his debut, ironically, and he made his debut against Rangers, didn't he, in the 5 1 game? Uh, he scored twice in the game. Uh, he didn't so celebrate, he just didn't look like he knew what was happening in the But uh, I think that was the game that Mialby made his debut as well, don't quote aye. me on. Well, he did play in that game as well, you're right, aye. And anyway, um, it was. He's just, for there, he just get better and better. Hey, honest to God. And see if we could have got Lubo Maravchik 10 years earlier. Forget about it. I mean, he had, like, you know, you look, you look at the caps he's had for, well, it was Czechoslovakia and then, and then Slovakia, 80-odd caps. Why did no one sniff this player out before, before Celtic did? He was another one that was actually going to Juventus and he was playing for Sinetian at the time. Mm-hmm. And he got a bad injury. Right. He got a bad injury uh, and that that stopped his move. If uh, he was going to it was either Juventus, it was definitely Italy, he was going to, he was going to an Italian side. Yeah. And um, and he got a bad injury. I think he broke his leg again, don't quote me on it, but he was out for about a year and when he came back he just he was as good as he was before, but nobody came in for him. Yeah. Just imagine that though, imagine Maravchik t- at Celtic Park ten years. Imagine we had him for that long. We had him for <laughs> what, a, what a fucking player, man. I mean, he, he, he was a bit of a magician. I mean, he, he was he was pretty class. And there was no getting you. I think if every he was he was, he was a footballer's footballer as well, wasn't he? That's it. That's it. You know, um, but um, that that leads me on to the most talented man. Well, have you just put Nakamura number one because you forgot to put him in your best Celtic eleven of all time? Well, is this you know the, reason? What? I'm not, the reason that it, genuinely Nakamura is my favourite Celtic player. Right, and I, I I remember when we signed him because I was at tea in the park the, the day we signed him, and I I was a big Italian football fan, so I knew exactly what we were getting. Right, and see the first season that he was there, I must have made about honest to God about five grand off the bookies betting him to score a free kick. And the bookies never knew about him at the time, man. And I <laughs> scored score a free kick, score a free kick, score a free kick. What a fortune I made off him. And I think that's probably why he's my favourite Celtic player ever. But 
And uh, no, he was just a he was just a different level. What a fucking player, man. Honestly, the sort of player that if we had to know, it wouldn't even be a contest because see that final ball for Nakamura, yeah. and also not just the final ball, he's shooting. Like he, he, I don't think I've seen as elegant a player ever. It's a good word. It's a good word to describe Nakamura. Actually, elegant is exactly the kind of word that you need to describe. I mean, he has to be up there as one of the best free kick takers in the world as well. Surely, I no doubt about it. I mean, if you're looking at, it, I'd say probably he's up there with Beckham and Juninho. Um, yeah. but I, I don't know if you would say he's the best ever because let's be honest, man. Some of the fucking free kicks Juninho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was even the other side, but, but, aye, aye, aye. It was even further out eh, in the, than the Man United one, and that was the first one that I made a, a load of. <laughs> 20, 20 quid on him, he scored a free kick, and I think it was like fucking 35 to 1 or something. I made a fortune off him. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was your favourite Nakamura moment then? Uh, is it the Man United free kick? Is it the, the one against Rangers? It's hard to, it's kind of hard to. Uh, separate them. Don't know what you think, Liam, but um, I my favourite Nakamura one was he had a pure stinker against Dundee United, right, in the first half. And I remember I was driving home for work, and I was listening to it on the radio. And at half time, the fucking pundits were ripping them, ripping them, and he went out in the second half and scored the hat trick. Yeah. And that that was my favourite Nakamura moment. <laughs> Right, okay then, uh, Nakamura number one. Right, yours is going to be slightly different. I've got a feeling here, Liam, but I've got a feeling a few of the players there will appear. Right, go for your five to one, Liam. Right, so at number five, I've got Colin Kazim Richards. My number five is Miravchik. Um Number four for me is De Canio. Uh, number three, Petrov. Number two, Larson. And like Toll, I've got Nakamura at number one. Fucking hell. Jesus <laughs> hell. You've not just copied him, have you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I swear to God. I had it done. He was 100% going to be my number one regardless. Oh, my word. What a guy. John, you're picking the right people now, man. <laughs> right, what's it? now this is interesting because I'm very surprised that, I mean, Maravchik being down as low as five for a start. We've just talked about how good he's been uh, at Chris's number two. But let's get on to Pillow with the Cow. Chris, again, yes. a name that's not appeared in your list. He's not appeared in my list because he's a fucking fascist. Right, okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I tried to leave the politics out yet when I was picking I know, I not see normally. Normally I would, mate, but I can't with the Canio. I can't. Yeah. Uh, see when the Canio was at Celtic, he was my favourite player, right. right? But nah, man, fucking, he's he's a he's a he's lost it. Head's gone, big time. Politi- politics aside, uh, Liam, why did he get your number four position? 
So my story with the Canio is very similar to Toll's story with Andy Tom. So uh, my dad had a, a kind of belting job when you think about it now. He worked at Glasgow Airport in the private lounge. So whenever there was players or um, celebrities or, or politicians, whatever it was, coming through, he met them after the plane, took them through customs and that, and took them to wherever that is they, they had to go to. So he phoned the house um, when I was out playing my pals, kicking the football about in the front garden and that. Um, and the, the next door neighbour to me um, was big Celtic man as well and a good few years older than me, gone to the games and that before I was. The Canio was the first time where I've told somebody about somebody signing, where I've seen genuine like excitement in people's faces, just the feeling that, that I got for telling them and the feeling that that uh, they had as well the excitement that we were signing somebody like the Canio. So that's that's purely why. And then again, when he was here and when he was on it, um, he, he was brilliant. Um, I just think, again, if we'd have kept him another couple of years and you see him with Larson and stuff like that, what a partnership that might have been. It would have been, we would have probably won 5 4 every week, but what a, what a game of football it would have been. But I, um, so that that's the reason why he, he makes it into my top 10. Yeah, I mean, he only had the one season at Celtic, really, didn't he? Aye, that was it. That's the only shame about it. The way it finished with him uh, was a shame. Um, and I think he's talked openly since about why um, that the, the board didn't promise what they were offering him and stuff like that, which is fair enough. But um, even when he went on from us, um, he showed down south how good a player he was. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got that hero sort of cult status. He might be a bit mental as well with his beliefs and stuff like that, but... Um, on a football pitch, he, he was unbelievable at times. Aye, I'd, I'd agree with that, mate. But see what you're saying there with the. I, I remember when we signed them as well. And I, John, will, John will back us up. I'm a big AC Milan fan, so I knew exactly right. again what we were getting. I, I've, I've always been into Italian football and I knew what we were getting with the Canio. And right. I, always liked, I always liked the Canio, even though he never really got much a, a go at it, AC Milan. I loved yeah. When he did, you see when you seen him playing, he was that sort of player that excited you. When I found out that we were signing him, like, I was the same as yourself, William. I was fucking buzzing when I found out we were signing him. Purely because I knew that we were, I, I knew what was coming, but also that was us when we were starting to sign recognised players. That's when it all kinda it was around about the beginning of the Fergus McCann era and stuff like that. And Aye. you know, we were starting to spend a bit of money. And that that encapsulated it. Players like him, uh, signing players like him was beyond my wildest dreams a couple of years before it actually happened, you know. So bringing them in was oh, outstanding. What a, what a fucking player he was. But again, an absolute head's gone. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then again, there's number three, Stillian Petrov and Arnie, but didn't appear on your list, uh, Chris. Again, a, a great servant for Celtic. Um, <laughs> You don't think so, Chris? There's no denying he was a great player for Celtic, but I've got I've got another one of these stories about him. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> right, okay. Was he a dickhead to you as well, Chris? No, it, it wasn't me. It was actually a wee boy. Me and, me and my mate, and uh, we went in, it was September weekend, we went into Celtic Park to get some stuff signed. I don't know. Japan talked for to get Nakamura to sign it and stuff like that as well. And... Um, there was a wee boy standing outside with a Celtic strap on with Petrov 19 in the back. He was holding Petrov's autobiography as well. Right? 
and he was standing in the pissing rain. Now, I mean, it was pissing down, right? And he waited 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 and he waited. And Petrov was the last one out about 20 minutes after everybody else. And when he came out, the wee boy said, Stan, can you sign my book? And he just went, not today, and walked right by him. And that's that's not a Celtic player. You're for ruining me. everything here for me, too. You're absolutely destroying <laughs> that for me here, mate. Sorry, man, but listen, I've, I, I can I've, I can get somebody to verify this story. That's that's the reason why I, 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 I've got no time for Petrov. And when he come back up, gain oh, this is my home for the charity match and all that, I was like, fuck off. Because he wanted out of the club so bad. He did, yeah. He, he wanted out of the club so bad. And everybody I'd agree with that, too, but he, at least he signed a deal before they left, which meant that we'd get we'd get decent uh, transfer money back. Like he could have he could have played it the way some other people did and, and pushed it and pushed it to leave for nothing. But the fact he signed a new deal no no long before and we got a decent fee I think was fair. But I get I take where you're coming from. I mean why why, why did he get into why did you get into your uh, top ten then Liam? What what were your abiding memories of Stan? I just um he was he was brilliant at times, man. Just the engine that he had on him. Um, he'd always pop up at important times for a goal when we really needed it. Um, he, he was a mainstay through the O'Neill years. He's, probably, he's the only good thing that John Barnes ever did for Celtic for a start. That is, that is Stan Petro bringing him to his. But um, just his work rate, his ethic. Um, he, he would just, again, similar to what Toe said about Mialbe, I think he would just run through was In Europe in particular, he was unbelievable some games. Um, I remember the run to Seville. Um, he was he was brilliant during um, a few games there as well. But I, um, it was a shame uh, the way it ended a wee bit. Um, as Toe says, he was he clearly said for the, the off of that final season that that was him. Um, and I suppose the pull of Martin O'Neill in there as well, going back to work with him at the time, would have been uh, massive as well. But um, a great player, um, and I, I think I had him in the back at every tap through those years, right up to left. So I loved him. Yeah. I knew he knew he's, he knew he's, uh, how to score goals against Rangers and all, didn't he? Aye, he just got, he just always remembered them steaming in at the back post. Um, Six-two game at Parkhead when those crosses were coming, and he just flung himself at everything. Um, and I, he wasn't afraid of a tackle. Um, didn't he shy out of those games either. And as I say, in Europe as well, he had some brilliant performances. So all in all, I just thought he was the, the type of boy you'd want to go to war with. Juve uh, away in the Champions League. Yeah, brilliant. Amazing that night. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and then you've got 2-1 Larson and Nakamura. Spoke to them all, about them already. But your favourite Larson, your favourite Nakamura moments? Uh, favourite Larson moment, um, the chip at... Uh, uh, the six-two game, um, and I would say that although Seville ended, it ended um, bittersweet, the fact that he, he he came out and tried to drag us back into that game single-handedly, practically nearly got his got us there. Um, when Akimura, as I kind of said at the start, the two free kick, the two free kicks against Man United home and away, um, the free kick in the first season uh, away at Kilmarnock that won as a league, we were stuttering towards the the finish there in the last. Uh, the last month or so in that uh, that title win, um, and he got his other line that last game. Just you, you, you just knew with Nakamura that um, there was goals there. Like Toll said, elegant. Didn't look fast, but would skin people inside out and and be gone before they knew what, what would even happened. Um, <laughs> and just the way he could pick a ball out was unbelievable. But he, I, he just it wasn't the fastest. Um, I remember them running through. I don't know if you remember this, Tom, when we played uh, 
Spartak Moscow, and we're taking the extra time. Uh, Nakamura, I don't know how or why he was there, but at the ball broke to him at the halfway line, and he's trying to run through on goal. That sums up what he was like for pace. He, he just couldn't run. He just couldn't get, <laughs> get there at all. But for, for whatever reason, it just seemed to be whenever he was at uh, right mid, left mid, he just one touch, gone, step over, away, ball in, right on, on the heater, whoever he was, who was running in. Like he always found the target that he was looking for. He was just unbelievable. And again, I wish we'd held on to him longer than the three years that we had him with, um, we had him a, a, a good couple of years earlier. Um, I think you'd imagine him swinging balls in for Sutton and Hartson to run on to and Larson. It would be unbelievable. Yeah. Well, boys, good list. Uh, listen, um, thank you very much for coming on, Liam. That's it. Been selfish. No um, if you like what you've heard, you can get us uh, on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash football daft. We have Celtic daft going out with Chris and a guest pundit. You can become a guest pundit on the show. Just sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash football daft. Um, and remember, if you get us your top 10 lists, we'd love to hear your top 10 lists uh, as well. So get them into us. Let us know your top 10 uh, Celtic players in your lifetime of all time and see how they compare to Chris's and Liam's, none of them who have picked Larson as their number one. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so thanks very much for listening. We'll be back uh, on the main show, Football Draft. Chris, this week we've got another Celtic man. Well, he started off his career at Celtic. More of a Dundee legend. Jim Duffy going to be uh, on Whoa-ho! the show this week. So Jim, my mate's been Jim Duffy at Tina Park. And they, they fucking loved him. They loved him. They said he was a fucking life and soul of the party, so I can't wait for this. Oh, bro. Oh, good. We'll find out about his Tina Park stories on Friday's <laughs> show, where uh, Grado and Stephen will be both be back with us as well. Uh, in the meantime, continue to subscribe, rate, and review the Football Daft on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, what do we say, Chris? Hello. Audio Frontier. <laughs>